It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Now a quick plug for what Blue Collar Street Food are doing. If you are listening to this podcast, if you are in any way related to Reading and you have not been down to Blue Collar um, Corner in, in town, stop everything, pause this podcast or listen to it on the way, get down there. There is nothing like it in town. It's It's been what we've been waiting for for years. Um, it's down behind the Broad Street Mall, the butt centre for our older listeners. And uh, I think Hosier Street, I've never actually said that out loud, that street name. But uh, that's where it where it is, where the market used to be. Circa 94, 95, last time I bought anything on that street at the market, it was a bomber jacket. And uh, thankfully, I've got better taste these days. And that taste is for Blue Collar Corner. Get down there. Great food, uh, great drinks, and a great place to socialize. Uh, I'm joined today by two guests who are no strangers to Blue Collar Corner. Mr. Matt Lansley, how are you doing today? Evening, Dave. So much better after a win yesterday. I could imagine so. And uh, Mr. Nick Holton, uh, back from the deepest, darkest depths of Yorkshire yesterday. Yeah, great trip, Dave. Awesome. Excellent. Well, um, I would say I'm not jealous, but I'd be lying. I'm very jealous that you got to experience that. Um, so without for, foreshadowing what happened uh, with how positive we were uh, in that intro, it had been 14 years since we last went up to Bramall Lane and got a win. Um, we had 10 games against the Blades uh, without winning. So that's a great record to have against the team. And uh, they sat sixth before the game uh chasing the playoffs, uh, consolidating that playoff position, as it were, um, with a quiet turnaround since changing their manager. Not necessarily the greatest setup uh, for, for a game where we're, again, desperately looking for points as we try to starve off rele- uh, relegation, which I hope we have as much trouble uh, falling into as I have pronouncing. Um, Matt, let, let's start with you here. And... Looking at the lineup before the game, two changes as we had Ajaria returning uh, to the lineup, 
Bavaraman came back in at left back, and uh, that then meant that McIntyre moved into a more defensive midfield position. How are you feeling when you saw everything announced? Um, I think everyone was happy when we saw Bubba, um, Bubba back in the team because I think everyone had been kind of wanting to see that. As good as McIntyre, you know, is loved in the fan base, he's not a left back, you know, and it had been exposed in previous weeks around it you know it's it's just the natural change back and I think the more interesting thing was I think most were expecting a uh, almost a three at the back you know um kind of system when we saw McIntyre in there which obviously didn't really materialize into the game as uh as as you say he went into more of kind of a defensive midfield kind of flat 4-4-2 in defense um kind, kind of kind of system that that we were playing um but I mean you were looking at it Ints coming back in as well, you know, it was it was all well um continuing, you know, it, it was it was pretty much what what we wanted to see, I think. And um yeah, you know, Hoyler didn't have the didn't have the, the best game last week. Um so it was it was yeah, it was pretty much the Jari back in. It was pretty 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 much standard, I think, for for what, what we were expecting. Excellent. And uh, Nick, you were up there. What how was the news greeted uh with the travelling support when the lineup came out? How were you feeling? Yeah, I think it was quite quite well received. Uh, obviously, Baba coming in was was good. I think uh, Team X being a bit of a weak link at left back, uh, especially with, since Baba's been back available on the bench. Uh, so it's good to get an actual left back in that position and a good one too. Um, yeah, McIntyre. I think there's a few questions on whether he's going to be in the back three or midfield. Uh, I, I thought I was looking forward to seeing him in midfield. So I was hope, hopeful that that would be the case. So I was happy to see that's how we started and. Um, yeah, Ovi coming in, like uh, Matt said, Hoylet didn't have his best game last week against Cardiff. I think he left McIntyre a bit exposed as well, which doesn't help him when he's not in his natural position anyway. Uh, so to see Ajari come back in, he's always I've always found he's got a good work rate at, on the left. He worked well with Richards. He's always, you know, helping out the left back. So I thought that was sort of a natural selection process there. So, I was, yeah, I think it was pre- pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would concur with everything you said there. Um, so, you know, we go into the game, uh, we, we get things started, and uh, one of the first things we saw early on um, did kind of establish somewhat of a mood. Uh, so we, we had uh, Gibbs White for, for Sheffield United. Um, perhaps he'd been watching The Karate Kid. Uh, perhaps that's too lame of a way to describe it, but very high foot that took uh, took a Jaria, um high chest, low face. Who knows? It was it was a very high foot, and uh, the referee not necessarily looking too bothered originally, and then uh, ultimately a yellow card. Uh, what did you make of that one, Matt? Yeah, I I, I kind of nearly. Oh, I I think I missed it as much as the ref at the time, to be honest, um, because I was watching it with my brother on the TV, and my brother instantly said, "That's a red." Like he 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 was he was he was right right up there straight away. He was he was calling it as red, and he said he. He said to me at the time, he's like, you just know the ref is going to almost pull the it's too early to give a red card situation on it. And seemingly did. I, I completely missed it. I only re-saw it again this morning on Twitter. It's a stonewall of red as you're going to see. It's it's if you if, if anyone watched you compared it, Dave, before the pro- podcast to the um uh Saudi Mani on Edison a few years back, it's very similar, apart from Gibbs White's and even win the ball. You know, he just goes straight in. It, it, it's it's stone wall. You know how how he's actually gone 
gotten away with that. Like like my brother said yesterday, maybe the ref was was playing the it's too early to give a red card situation, but a red's a red, you know. And I mean, if 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 that had have been given a red, you know, it changes the 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 whole complexity of the game, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just almost exhibit three thousand and seventy eight of how bad can championship refs get almost because it's just it's stone wall yeah it's uh that, that's a race to the bottom that um they're somehow all winning uh nick would you agree there was uh perhaps a little bit too much leniency from uh, said referee during the game i don't, I don't want to go negative yeah. after yesterday but you know let's just get it out of the way early this referee yeah. poor, poor decision um i was sort of in line with it and as matt said it's probably the case of doesn't want to give a red card and ruin the game too early. Uh, you know, the, the ball was literally in line with Jari's head. And Gibbs, why I don't think he's meant it, but his momentum's taken him through, gone for the ball with his foot. And he's just gone straight into a Jari's sort of neck, low face. Um, and yes, it's a clear red card. I don't know how he's... I, at one point, it didn't even look like he was going to pull out the yellow card. It, I, yeah, it wasn't the greatest refereeing performance in general, but that... To start it off wasn't good, should have been a straight red, um, you know, but it worked out at the end of the day, didn't it? So it absolutely did. It, it's nice to talk about these as a fleeting moment and then move on to more positive things. So speaking of positivity, um, not too long after that, elation for the away support. Um, Matt, talk us through what happened when uh, Laurent uh, played a delightful ball through to Joao. Turned into a prime prime Maradona, didn't he? With that pass, um, it was it it was just really it was just a really good goal to see. I think because we we'd kind of we'd kind of battled through an early kind of five ten minute kind of storm by Sheffield. They you'd probably say started the stronger. They were controlling the game. They didn't create too much in the early parts, but um, but they they were slightly on top. Um, but then the game started to settle down and then you just have this wonderful bit of play Ovi to Ovi to Laurent in the midfield and then Laurent with the turn nice and positive and he just passed it through to through to Zhao. I mean Zhao just brilliantly let, letting it run through his legs he rolls it onto his right foot and it is but the pass from Laurent the way it's almost I I think it's the left centre back and the and the centre backs they play through at the back the way almost Laurent has played it almost perfectly inside those two for the fact that Zhao can still let the ball roll on, roll onto his right foot and then strike it first time. I mean, it's one hell of a finish by Zhao. You cannot take anything away from the finish. And there's actually, there's a great video on, on Reading's Twitter as well, where it shows the, I think it's the, the angle behind the goal and the sound of the ball hitting the net. Oh, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those classic ones, which you listen to and it's just like, so satisfying, so satisfying. But Nothing it's, like it. it yeah. It's not, no, it like, but it's just a cracking goal all round, I think. And it's a lovely bit of play. I mean, the positivity from, from Lauren, I've sometimes questioned his end products multiple times throughout the season. But my God, it was it was bang on there. You know, I mean, if he can keep bopping up passes like that, I think we might be talking about him as the uh, new incarnation of Swift here. <laughs> big, big words. But I, uh, I got to say, I pass like that. I can see why. Um, Nick, on, on this topic, um, we've seen Lauren pushed a little higher uh, a few times this season now and generally speaking it's it's been pretty good for us when he's been a bit more advanced up the field what's your thoughts on uh, on Lawrence developing you yeah, it's surprisingly working well isn't it he's uh he's, he does a high press and 
I mean, Panovic never did, but I think he put Rhino in there a few times. It didn't work great, but Lawrence Ince seems to fancy Laurent there and it's it's working quite well. And I think against sort of his better teams, Sheffield United and Bournemouth, where he's done it, it works. Maybe it wouldn't work against a weaker opposition, but when we're chasing a game or chasing a, a team that's going to more the ball, having that high press, it's probably more effective than having Swift there. And he's not as creative and his end product is really definitely questionable. It's frustrating, to be honest, he's maybe not not as clean as sort of a, a Swift or, or you know, a jar in the ball. But I mean, that pass yesterday was fantastic. Um, that, that high press is really effective and he's just got that energy and a bit of pace to sort of put the pressure on the, the opposition. So it may be if, if we can keep hold of him, I think it's, we're pretty sure Swift's gone, aren't we? So if, if we can keep hold of Lauren, maybe we can try him in that 10 and just go with that sort of style of play. Not maybe every game, but, but it could work. Yeah, I do. Yeah, go ahead. I do kind of think as well. It is, it's 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 starting to almost become like well, I think we're almost starting to see the the kind of Paul Ince kind of mm. not philosophy, but kind of his style of play kind of coming yeah, through. Nice. Because like 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 said Nick, it's the same with it's the same with Ince on um, on the wing. I mean, I don't think I've seen a player run on or run in a game as much as Ince. I mean, all of them. Tom Ince with his white right. Love it. It's crazy, really. Like because I mean, when 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 he ca- when he came in, you look at kind of his 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 reviews at previous clubs, Derby, Stoke, etc. With everyone saying you know the talent's there, but sometimes he lacks the effort and stuff. And realistically, have we have we seen any lack of effort from no. Tom Ince so far? His time at Reading is unbelievable effort. He's right. He's like McEnough, as people have pointed out already. He's really yeah. reminds you of McEnough in terms of the work rate. He's, he's one. Like critical side to his game would be his end product, and he's good on the ball. He's a great footballer, and he breaks forward really well. He's up and down. He loses it, and he bombs back. And you know, I don't think he was doing that before his dad took charge. Before Paul Lintz came in as well, it wasn't just since Paul Lintz came in. He was doing that under Panovic as well, and you can't doubt that. I just really hope we can bring him in on a free transfer next season. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. I think if we could get him on a free, if we can sum, I know reportedly his wages at the moment, you know, yeah, people no. were saying it's similar to more, but if we can bring it down somewhere to a point where we can bring him in, you'd think that'd be one hell of a coup, really, to, yeah. to get in for next season. I mean, in, in recent weeks, we've seen him compared to um, to a Stephen Hunt on this very podcast. Yeah. We've, we've seen people on social media, as you referenced, Nick, um, referring to Joe McEnough. He's, you know, <laughs> consistently one of our players that always drives us forward not backwards yeah it's a no-brainer really you, you know if we can bring him in that's great and again a lot of the criticism of you know why is he still on the pitch when the game wasn't going in our favor you know speak of nepotism and a world of his dad wasn't here but really he does take him off no, he subs him all the time i don't see what why people say that he's always subbed maybe late in the game but he takes him off more than more than most players and work rate you expect work rate from centre midfielders that's their, their job I guess to an extent but wingers you don't see it a lot so it's great to have someone that works that hard you know like Stephen Hunt you just mentioned and, and McEnough we've already said it's rare you get wingers that work like that and it's, it's great to see and it, it does make a difference yeah it really does um, so excellent segue into the next point I wanted to talk about next chance that came Reading's way fell to Mr Tom Ince uh, Thomas, if if his dad's listening, my apologies. Uh, so so Nick, uh, he's outside of the box. Ball comes to him from a, a outstretched leg of a defender trying to clear it, doesn't quite get there, and he mm. gets a shot away. Um, talk us through it. Yeah, it was a good effort from from Tom Ince. Um, you know, I think we would 
you know, trying to get that second goal and take control of the game a bit more. And I do think it was quite a straightforward save for Fodderingham. But I think from where I was, it looked like he may have seen it late. So I do think he also dealt with it well, considering. Um, but yeah, it was good effort. Uh, I think it lifts the fans, lifts the players as well. You know, you don't want to sort of go back to the wall straight away after going 1-0 up. And you probably would think we might do that against Sheffield United, a team pushing for the playoffs. And, you know, they're just coming out from Premier League. We've got a strong squad, strong group of players. And we didn't do that. We just kept going at them, which is great to see. Yeah, that positivity to to build and not just try and sit back on the one goal, which any Reading fan who tells me they're happy with us sitting back and trying to protect a one goal lead is lying to me or they've been in a coma for the last five years. Um, so a bit of a dark one there, but uh, let's move on. Uh, you're right. He, he does. Uh, Fodderingham, Fodderingham does see it late uh, with a defender kind of blocking his vision. So fair play, half decent save. Um but we didn't stop there. Uh, Matt, we, we then see uh, a, quite a similar setup uh, to Jao's goal. Another chance for Lucas Schwab. Um Jaria passes it in and uh, doesn't quite go the right side of the post. Um, what did you make of that chance from, from Lucas? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's great work again from Ovi in the midfield. It's one thing we've kind of seen from Ovi in the past, kind of his interception play and stuff in the midfield. And Ovi does great again there, you know, cutting out the cutting out the ball kind of just inside his own half and set away a counter-attack, you know, just mundane little pass into Zhao. But what Zhao does, obviously, after that, he's almost, I think he's got three defenders on him at the time. And he shimmies one way, shimmies back it on, onto his right. And you're just waiting for it to go in the far corner because it's Zhao. You know, you're thinking, this is it. This is 2-0. And it just clips the outside of the post and you're just thinking, ah, like how many times are we like ruining missed opportunities, you know, uh, at the moment. And you look at that and as Reading fans, you know, I think we're becoming eternal, you know, sceptics almost, you know, on stuff like that purely because of, you know, what's, what's happened, what we've seen in the last few years. But, I mean, it's it's great play from Zhao. Like, if, if if he scores that, you're looking at it and you're thinking that is a cracking centre-forward goal. You know, he does everything right apart from he's just put it six inches the wrong side of the post, you know. Yeah, the uh, just just to see it clip and go the other way. Um, you know, it's fine margins, as a certain ex-manager used to say. Um, Nick, when you look back at how last week went, um, and yep. and ruin those missed opportunities. Are we fearing the worst when that goes the wrong side of the uh, of the woodwork? Yeah, I think so. We we really messed up against Cardiff, and it's a game we should have put to bed. Let alone you know seen it out one 0 We should have put that to bed in the first half. Uh, I didn't get to go due to COVID, but I was uh, watching it at, at uh, uh, someone's house. So it was good to sort of. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Get a hold of that, but the second half was terrible. And I feel like they know, the players know they got that completely wrong and messed up. And it made them probably put even more effort in today to make up for that. Uh, and it was lucky they did because the results obviously didn't go our way either yesterday. So, um, you know, when, when Jao misses that chance, it looks like he should just roll it in. I only saw the replay of it this morning on Quest. And uh, if he squares that to Tom Ince, it's a tap in as well. It, he Probably the easier option. I mean, he should have probably scored. It reminded me of the Blackburn goal we scored uh, way last season as well, where he sort of shimmies past the defenders and uh, opens up his body into the far corner. Apart from obviously he didn't score. Uh, but if he squares that to Tom Ince, that's an even easier chance. And even I think Tom, who's missed some sitters, would have would have buried that. Mm-hmm. So, but you, you do fear the worst, you know. But we're away from home. You expect us to sort of drop back and back and back, and you expect a team like Sheffield United to create more chances or to to find that find that goal and then put pressure on us at the end. So Absolutely. Yeah, I think the. Um... The, the biggest thing around, you know, my disappointment of that not going in is if you watch those highlights back, you've got three Sheffield United defenders throwing themselves, trying to get to the ball. Try, he's tripped two of them. If that ball mm. goes in, what a highlight reel that would have been. So yeah, it yeah. would have been a great goal, incredible goal as well. Would have been would have been one we looked back on. Um, so, you know, it wasn't all ready. Uh, let, let's not paint the wrong picture here. Uh, Sheffield United did have their chances. Um, just before half time, um, Stevens, uh, no relation, uh, fa- uh, got in around the back and uh, couldn't quite find McBurney. A um, little bit of a scramble, mm. Nyland gathers. Um, Matt, were you nervous here? Did it, did it have the look of, uh, of a chance that we were potentially going to concede? Uh, it did by the fact that it all came from obviously Morrison bombing out of the back line, which we've seen far too much from our defenders of late. You know, it's you're what you're watching this as a fan and just think, just keep your shape, just keep your shape. They were fantastic yesterday, keeping their shape. You know, it was probably the best, best organizationally they've I've seen them probably all all year, you know. Um, the way they just kept the, the two banks of four in defense, you know, it was really, really good. Um, and how many times have we seen goals from or that have come as because of a defender bombing out or, you know, stepping up five yards and you were just thinking not again. But thankfully, you know, they 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 just they eased out that kind of that kind of phase of play and got to half time, got to half time at one nil up. And you were thinking, like, to be fair, at that point, like, even though that chance had gone close, there wasn't really much else for Sheffield United. I mean, they had a ton of possession. For the whole of the game yesterday, not just obviously the second half, but through the first half, they had a lot of possession, but they weren't doing much with it, if, if at all, you know. So you were still thinking like this is this is relatively comfortable at the moment, you know. Like even though we've been through the horror shows of you know second half collapses and what have you this season, you were you were thinking this this just as long as you can come out and just keep your organisation, keep keep everything the way it is at the moment, you know, it's 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 looking quite good. Um, but obviously Sheffield United then after half time they come out really fast and as, as as we'll come on to talk some of their other chances as well. You know, they did start to create a few chances, half chances at that, but um but yeah. 
Yeah, definitely as the game went on. Um, so, yeah, at, at that point, you know, half-time, 1-0 up. What's the mood amongst the uh, the travelling support, Nick? Are, are, you, are you confident from what you've seen? Are you fearing the worst? How was it at half-time? Yeah, I felt it was the perfect away display, uh, sort of 45 minutes in, and it's like, if we can continue that, you don't know how the half-time will change with, you know, with the team talks and the momentum, how that swings. But if we kept playing like that, we, we could sit out, at least get a point. Um, but, you know, you, you're still knowing in the back of my mind, knowing from how we've been this season, that something will go wrong or there'll be a lapse in concentration or Sheffield United will come out a completely different team because they did have a lot of the ball and um, they weren't creating anything. And every they sort of had some half spaces and half chances from that. But the defending was resilient. You've got Holmes was putting his body on the line incredibly. He was, uh, uh, you know, he was colossal yesterday, I thought, Tom Holmes. And Baba was great for his first game back in, what, six weeks, eight weeks brilliant brilliant display and the shape was fantastic as it's already mentioned just very little went wrong with the shape maybe a couple of lapses but nothing really troubled us even even when they did lose their shape a little bit um, but yeah the spirits were good at half time I felt quite no I wouldn't say I was really confident but it, I just knew if we could continue that performance we'd be okay mm-hmm. yeah well, you, you can't be confident uh, because you're a Reading fan it's uh, yeah. it's actually impossible yeah, yeah. that's the thing <laughs> Uh, so we, we get into the second half and a uh, little bit of drama um, fairly early in, in that second period, which was uh, around um, Ivy Ajaria gets into the Shepherd United box and uh, goes down, shouts for a penalty, uh, waved away Matt. What was your view? Were we robbed? Now that, that one I did see at the time and I thought it was a stone wall. Um, you know, it, it, he nips the ball away and he gets taken out. You know, it's 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 a stone wall as the red card I think earlier. Um, again, we've spoken about it. How how the ref misses it. I mean, it wasn't wasn't great in general yesterday, but yeah, you know, you you're looking at that because like you you just, you're just hoping just to get the second goal to put to just put some space between us and us and Sheffield. You know, to really just make it an easier second half watch, which I think we're all craving for at the moment as Reading fans. You know, having having an easy or easier last 30, 40 minutes, you know, which a penalty and sticking it away would have, would have made. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was clear cut, you know, I don't think there's, there's two ways about it, you know, and I think Ovi did very well on the ball. He was pretty good yesterday. Again, he's had a bit of a dip, you know, in, in recent weeks, but he was, he was, he was much better yesterday, you know, and he, he should have got a penalty there for, for that tackle. How about you, Nick? You probably pretty little way away from it where you yeah, stood. Yeah, far away from that. Um, I haven't seen it back. It wasn't on the highlights I've seen. So, um, it, it, I don't know. It looked like he went down from far away. It looked maybe soft, but you can't really tell. Uh, but Ovi looks a bit miffed from, from his body language. Uh, but I do think referees, again, I think Gavin Ward was maybe a bit... He was giving Sheffield United a lot of soft free kicks and things like that yesterday. And he gave us sort of bare anything, I found. I thought it was a bit sort of biased and home home side to an extent uh, but I feel with Ovi and um, Jao in general they do get fouled a lot but I feel like they the referees because they do sometimes go down a bit easy at times they give them less than they probably should as well mm-hmm. but that's yeah just, it, you know, that age-old thing of if, if you if you make it clear you've been fouled Ooh. you don't get the foul yeah, yeah. Um, so not too long after uh, chance very good chance falls to Shepherd United. Um, 
couldn't quite pick out who who put the pass in. May even have been former Reading player Oliver Norwood, um, but don't quote me on that. Puts the ball in uh, to Egan, who's in an advanced position. Um, he's well inside the box, uh, free header, goal gaping, and he heads it straight at Nyland. Bit of a let off, Matt. Um, what's your heart in your mouth? Yeah, and it it, it was Norwood, and Norwood could have, uh, well during the game Norwood put in a couple of cracking passes you know cross field into the box and everything it was pretty good for Sheffield um yesterday but yeah no it, it was it's it, you're, you're looking at it and I mean so many times we, we've seen runs in between our center our, our two center backs but it's it is an incredibly good ball and it's a good run from Egan I mean you're not expecting you know a center back to, I think he's their center back isn't he or one of their center backs to yes. be making runs into the box like that so how can you pick that up as a defender it's a difficult one it's one thing that made their system so good when they came up to the Premier League wasn't it you know so it's heart was in my mouth but I mean my god I was glad when I saw it just go straight at Nyland because you think either side it's seven eight yards out it's you'd be expecting you'd be expecting Egan to be to be putting that in but yeah just so glad just to see it go straight at Nyland and just not trouble him. It's a big, big chance that though. Big chance yeah, missed. Definitely was. He's, he's obviously been watching um, Morrow and getting a few ideas of what to do as a centre-back coming up. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the game kind of carried on uh, as Reading like to do, uh, continued pressure uh, and, and never a comfortable moment. But um, we do get into the last throws of the game and, uh, you know, you, it's the stuff for, for headline writers. It's the 90th minute. And uh, <clears throat> the ball comes forward. Baba Reading panic. Reading panic. <laughs> Raman heads the ball out. Not quite as far as you'd like, but he's done what he needed to do to an extent. McIntyre stretches out a leg to try and flick it on further. Nick, you described this nicely. Let, let me have you take over from here. Um, yeah. the, ball, the ball comes to McIntyre and maybe things don't go to plan. Yeah, he tries to sort of flick it on. I see what he's trying to do, but unfortunately it's backfired on, on him and it's probably better off. he's probably better off left that. And I know it's a, a one-second moment where you don't have time to sort of pause it and then decide, oh, should I try and flip this on or just let it go and then we'll deal with the next ball or whatever. I don't even know where the ball was going to fall to, to be honest, if McIntyre didn't touch it, but it wasn't going that far, as you've already said. And it sort of falls back into the box and Morrison gets rolled probably too easy, but it goes into the... I think we just panic completely when that ball comes back in. We don't expect it to. Uh, I'm not sure who rolled him, but someone someone rolls him. And Yeardom sort of gets sucked in to sort of help Morrison sort of falls over or slides in or, or something like that. And they just find him die free and open to to the left, and it's very nicely taken goal, composed finish, very calm, calm, cool, collected, but very easy goal for him to score at the same time. Uh, and it's a bit like heartbreak, isn't it? You think you're just seeing it out. They've had their, they haven't created anything apart from that that Egan chance, and they missed it. And it feels like okay, we've got away with that one chance. You're expecting to have that, and then that happens, and it's just the one probably big mistake we've made all game, and it costs us. Yeah, and uh, and Matt, this is this is the moment where I'm pre- I was watching this on my own, and I'm pretty sure I exclaimed out loud, "Not again!" Um, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, it's for for a, a summary of Reading's season. We play that well 
that good of a performance and then one moment <clears throat> appears to turn it on its head. How are you feeling when that went in? It's just just utter deflation. You know, you're just watching that and you're just thinking, we we could be on the cusp of safety. You know, with 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 a performance like that, a team like Sheffield United, as like with how good they are at home, a win away there is massive, absolutely massive. I don't think they'd actually lost at home for about 14, 15 games either, coming no, into cool. coming into into yesterday's game. So it's like, you know, getting getting a win there in a relegation battle is almost, you know, impossible. You know, if you get a win there, it's huge, absolutely huge. And it's it's just you're watching it and like how many times have we've just seen this is a classic Reading FC goal and I mean sadly it was yesterday because it was for how good they had been yesterday it just turned into complete and utter panic again I mean it was it was actually Egan again who was up and rolled Morrison lovely little flick over again like as as a defender I don't quite know how you're supposed to mark an extra centre-back that, that that seemingly is always bombing forwards like that it's a bit of an bit of an enigma really um something that always seems to be almost special to the way that Sheffield always play but you know uh, you what you watch that the way he rolls Morrison and then Yeardon pretty much falling over you know to leave 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 the chap free at the at the far post you just you're just watching it and you're just thinking for Christ's sake can we just have a couple of games where we don't have goals like this you know just comical panic station goals you know it's just you're just watching it and you're just tearing your hair out and crying to yourself at the same time because it was it felt so close at that point. It felt so close, you know, and to, to lose well, well, as we thought at the time, to lose two points that way, you were just thinking, Yeah, really. You see at the time as well, Peterborough just taking the lead, I think, just before Yeah, yeah they came from behind. Yeah, and then you've got Derby later, who, you know, I know they're fuller, but they're they're decent at home and um they're fighting, you know, they've been fighting all season really well. And it's like, okay, it's a good point at Sheffield United still. Devastating for how we played and we should win. But these results aren't going our way now. And it's like, okay, I mean, Cardiff, we messed up the week before. And it's, it is a big kick in the teeth, even though they've played so valiantly today. And yeah. yeah. Uh, you you have that cliche of, you know, before the game, you would have snapped your hand off for a point away. Yeah. yeah. But in the manner, that's two points dropped, not one yeah. point gained. Um, so, you know, we're all thinking classic Reading. Here we go. We're all depressed. Um, crowd of over 29,000, I believe, um, in Bramwell Lane. And they suddenly found their voice after that moment. Mm -hmm. You start to think there's a bit of injury time here as well. Are we going to see even worse to come? Um, but for once wasn't to be. Uh, Nick, as as you were there to participate in the carnage that followed, I'll let you talk us through this. Uh, we yeah. kick off, the ball gets passed around a little bit and it comes out to Aziz on the left who gets fouled. Take it yes. away. <laughs> yeah, so Aziz sort of gets wiped out and it's a it's a silly foul from Sheffield United because I think, um, I'm not sure who jumped in, it was in Norwood maybe, but whoever it was jumps in and it's like they've got this high adrenaline and they're just sort of impatient they didn't need to make that tackle it was just you know on the half roughly just inside the half and he pulls it out to Ajaria and then we, we get the free kick and Baba's on the free kick and we're still quite far out it's high in in Sheffield United's half and we have players on the edge of the box all lined up and you think it's probably something they'll deal with or if we win the header it won't come to anything and it's towards the 
back right of the box uh, where he whips it. Really nice ball, a lot of height on it, really nice ball. And Morrison just gets the jump on the defenders. He had about three defenders around him. And McIntyre's like striker instinct with it as well because he just makes that run. He anticipates the knock-on from Morrison. I don't think even some of the strikers would have made that run in themselves. And Morrison just sort of flicks it down. McIntyre's stretching for the ball. I think it was Ben Davis, Chef Knight as well. He's just standing there. He doesn't follow McIntyre at all. Just ball watching until it's too late. And McIntyre sort of stretches on it and pokes it past the goalkeeper. Had no chance, to be fair. Um, and yeah, pandemonium. The limbs in the away end were incredible. You know, the players running in, the passion they showed all game as well. And just from that goal. And Tom McIntyre, who probably made the, the main error towards their goal a minute or two later... A homeboy, an academy boy, you know, a big fan, season ticket holder when he was a kid. You couldn't, you couldn't make it up. Couldn't write the script for that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it would be harsh to say he was the villain because uh, it wasn't a terrible mistake that that led no. to the equaliser. But let's use it anyway. From villain to hero, you yeah, know, zero the to hero. Around. Zero to hero. Beautiful. Uh, so quite some finish and the scenes in that away end. Um, I was very, very happy to see. Uh, the noise, the passion, um, Andy Adam and uh, Laurent choking someone out uh, by the looks of it. Yeah, uh, Mike, I yeah, was it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I did see him mention it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I saw a clip this morning that um, a lady uh, disappeared in the Malay. So we yeah, hope that she's, I think she's still down there. <laughs> yeah, still trying Over to claw her way out of Bradley. Was never to be seen again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, if it, if it was me, it's what I would have wanted. If that's how it went, so we're... she went, she went well, right? Good end. Yes, yes, she did. Um, so we we've made reference to the to the other games down at the the depths of the table where we find ourselves. Peterborough did pull out a two one win against the ten men of Blackburn. Um, I've seen it back. Stupid challenge to get sent off for the Blackburn player. So uh, thanks for nothing. Uh, kind of appreciated them coming and getting beat by us and now they're back on my bad list for this one um swansea uh came back from a goal down to to draw uh against uh, barnsley uh, swansea were at home uh 1-1 point shared there and then in the late game fulham proving that all this talk about them being the best championship team ever and will they beat the 106 r- rubbish couldn't even beat derby yeah. so derby away uh at fulham 2-1 win for the rams um that that does now lead us to a position where we have um, we're nine clear of Derby, nine clear of Peterborough, ten clear of Barnsley. Barnsley do have a game in hand. There are four games remaining for everyone except for Barnsley, as mentioned. They have five, so that's for all teams except Barnsley. Twelve points on offer, fifteen on offer for Barnsley. Let's take a quick look at who they're playing, right, and who we're playing. So. We've got Swansea at home, Hull away, West Brom at home, Luton away to come. Looking at that, that's, you know, they're not easy fixtures, let's be real. Matt, when you look at that running, how many points do you think we're getting there? Are we, are we talking like a draw here and there? Do you think there's a few wins? Have we got some momentum? How are you feeling about that running for Reading? Well, given that I famously questioned on last week's podcast Jacob's um, prediction that we were going to beat Sheffield United or he was more confident about Sheffield United than Swansea I thought he was in absolute loony land when he said that I should never question him he's got an incredible football mind 
Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I look at it and I think Swansea, we never beat Swansea, apart from earlier in the season, of course. If we could do the double over them, fantastic. Um, you'd, be, you'd be looking at that whole game, really, aren't you? You're looking at Hull away. Again, though, Hull is a team that we never, ever seem to beat. You know, I don't think we've we've beaten them in like in about 15, 20 years. I don't think, you know, that they're another team that is. Well, well, we had this series of three games of just bogey team, bogey team, bogey team, seemingly Sheffield United beat them. Thank God it's given us some breathing space. I mean, Swansea is just such a tough one, though, because you look at the form they're on. You could arguably say Reading are on great form as well, though, you know, with how we've kind of turned a corner. And I think there's only, I think only Swansea and one other are better on form than us at the moment. Forest, yeah, of course. So, but you think at home on, on Easter Monday, if we can get a point out of that game, that's a very, very good point, you know, and then you can go to Hull and look to clinch survival at Hull, hopefully, you know, if we can do that, then fantastic. Because then the last two, again, hopefully, well, I think it very much depends on where West Brom are. If West Brom are still closing on the playoffs, that becomes a much, much tougher game than it will be if they're out of the playoff race. If they're out of the playoff race, they're on the beach at that point, you know, and it becomes a much, or you can look at it with different eyes. Hopefully, like I say, survival will be sorted by that game and it won't matter at all. You know, realistically, you know, you only want to look at the next game as Brian McDermott, you know, used to say. And I mean, if we can get that point against Swansea, you know, or get a get a famous elusive win against them, you know, I think everyone will be happy. I mean, I I still think four points is probably a realistic kind of what do I think we're going to get from those those games? Because again, Luton on the last day, again, Luton, they could already be in the playoffs by then. So they might be on the beach by that, by that point. You don't know. There's so many variables in these last games, but I think four points, I think would be, would be a good one or four, four to six points. Yeah, yeah definitely would agree. Um, Nick, looking at Derby and Peterborough, um, they've got these four games realistically to really trouble us. Is that four wins they both need or do you reckon they can drop points? Good. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll probably pick up a few more points ourselves actually, maybe at least three or four. So Derby would probably need to win all their games, but their fixtures aren't too bad. They've, God, they're not very good away, but they've got winnable teams. And I think at home, I think they, as they beat Fulham, you know, they can beat anyone at home on their day. And they've got that fight. Peterborough, they would, their goal difference is awful. So they would need to win all four games and us to lose all four games. Um, I really can't see that happening. Peterborough winning all four games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Derby, you never know. It, I'd be surprised if we lost all our games. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Derby pick up, you know, nine to 12 points but we, they shouldn't do I'm not too worried but you know I, I just want to get to Swansea on Monday get that victory and then we can pretty much relax pretty much relax we a, vic- do- a victory against Swansea and it's and it's it's done um, really yeah. at that, at, at that point because it, don't we? I think four yeah. points to mathematically seal it so yeah, yeah. it's just because of Derby's goal difference as well and you just don't yeah, know Derby, Derby realistically if if Derby realistically get three wins and we lose of our, all of our last games, Derby will actually, you know, they, they will they will survive with three out of four wins at the moment because of the goal difference. It was the frustrating thing about watching their game last night because you were just thinking, just just go away, please, just stop, stop, yeah. stop fighting to the end or whatever your fans keep chanting, please, just <laughs> just just send yourself off into League One yeah. and it would have been a much nicer run in. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see Rooney's comments as well, saying, oh, we'll keep fighting. Even if we are mathematically, we'll keep fighting. And that's what you want to hear from your manager as a Derby fan as well. And it's sort of pissing me off a bit because I'm just like, just shut up, Rooney. Just accept relegation. Just put your players into some <laughs> sort of like depression and just take the relegation. Just go away. And they've got yep. QPR away next. They've been a bit pants lately as well. And they, they're just not going to do us a favour, are they? It's just... Oh, I almost I feel like they would enjoy thro like throwing their own chances yeah. uh, to screw us up. That's, that's Yeah, I think so. So it's a bit... It's just really annoying. It's, it's annoying, but on the positive side, at least QPR right. still have that very faint they have that very faint outside chance still. So hopefully yeah. they will just keep that going. Because obviously yesterday for them, for, for Huddersfield, that was a must-win game. Yeah. And they drew, you know, hopefully they can just, just, just please do us a favour, keep you up. Yeah. Never... They, they did show a bit of fight against Huddersfield at least. So they, yeah. they haven't... It's not their rock, because I think they'd lost five in a row. Um, yeah. To then draw Huddersfield would have been brilliant. So it's yeah. a really good point, actually. Um, so maybe that'll give them some confidence. But I just... I just can't see QPR doing us a favour, and I really want to believe in them. Yeah, if they if they get if they do get a result at QPR, I then start to get worried because you then look at their last games and you think Bristol City at home, Blackpool away, and is it Cardiff on the last Cardiff day? I think, yeah, last Cardiff day, yeah. at home on the last day, and you think they're three teams that have just got nothing to play for, and yeah. Derby it, have a heck of a lot to play for. Did you say Blackpool at home to Derby? Blackpool away, it'll be Blackpool away for for, oh, for Derby. Yeah. Blackpool so, are a really good side, but Derby are really good at home. So if it was Blackpool v Derby, I would have been a bit more confident. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's yeah, Blackpool away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's decent. Um, and then Barnsley. I mean, you know, you never want to just write people off the game in hand, etc. Realistically, they need at least four wins from five. If we just pick up a point or two yeah. here or there, are we too worried about them? They've got Huddersfield to play. They've. Got, I mean. Barnsley have won six games all season to this point. You know, for yeah. them, for them to go and win three or four of their last of their last five, I think the one the one I'm worried about is is Derby. You know, yeah. I think Peterborough and Barnsley. I think their, their time is now gone. You know, it's just that annoyance of Derby that is just constantly just chipping away and chipping away. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think Barnsley don't. Well, they Barnsley and Peterborough don't worry me. No, we, we were at Oakwell, weren't we? Yeah, but we, we saw how bad they were. Yeah. I know we weren't great ourselves. I'm not going to pretend we were great, but we should have still won that game. And they were really poor. They didn't try to win the game at all. They were just negative. I don't know what the manager's tactics were. And I don't even know how they went on that little run a couple of, like a month ago, whatever it was, where they had about five games of good form. And I can't, yeah, they're, they're not good. And I've just, since then, even though they're the closest team to us at the time, I just wasn't worried about them at all. Yeah. Just from watching them. No, I, I agree. They they were awful that day, and I think all we'll hope now is that this is not getting clipped out by a Barnsley podcast at the end yeah, of the imagine. season. Uh, yeah. Imagine that. Um, so Monday we play uh, Swansea City. We're at home, uh, the 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 SCL Stadium. Uh, hopefully rocking. Uh, let's do a quick uh, score prediction from you both. Then uh, Nick, where where are you going with this one? Um, I'm going to go for a 2 0 uh, win because I just want to seal that survival now. And I think Swansea are playing good possession football, but at the same time, they're not. They've, I know they've been in good form lately. Uh, we, we've said that, but they make mistakes and you can capitalise on mistakes. I think if we let them have the ball a bit, capitalise on mistakes and counter attack, I think that'll suit us as well. I think I hope a Giles fix. He went off with a little bit of a knock, I think, um, mm -hmm. yesterday. But yeah, I, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be. 
positive. I just want us to get it out of the way. And uh, I think Barnsley people play each other as well. So it'd be ideal to win. So 2 0 win. Cool. And Matt, how about you? I, I'm I'm getting so negative with all my predictions mm-hmm. of late. I keep I keep predicting losses. I keep predicting draws. I'd love I would love a win. I would love a win. But to be honest, I think I I think it's going to be a draw. I think it'll be one one. To be honest, late. I'd I am I have got a feel good though on on for the on on for Monday. I'm really I'm actually looking forward to looking forward to Monday, which I don't think I've ever said about Reading playing Swansea. <laughs> They never look forward to that game, um, but but yeah, I think a win a win wouldn't surprise me though. If we if we do go and win, Nick, I seriously hope you're right with a two nil. A two nil, yeah. I'll be as happy as Larry on Monday night. Well, I predicted yesterday wrong, and I predicted, uh, but I did predict Barnsley right one all. So um, yeah, I've got not an okay record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too bad on the form guide there. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I'm I'm going to go with a, a narrow one nil win. I'm, I'm still buoyed by the uh, the reaction from everyone, including Paul Lintz at the end uh, of, of yesterday. Bit of passion, bit of belief. Mm. So that was brilliant to see. That yeah. was so good to see. That that all, and all, all the players, players and Ince, Yeah. Honestly, I like him. I like him, and I'm not saying he should get the job, but I wouldn't be against it. Maybe on a one-year deal or something. But oh, yeah. I think he's all right. He's got he got players like him. It's made us harder to beat. Uh, let's see what he can do. Yeah. Fair, fair question. Quick, quick question to you then, Dave. Are you are you are you in the in in camp or are you for it? Are you against it? Uh, I'm in the fence sitting. You wait and see where you're going to be next year before you decide who the manager is going to be. But um, I think, you know, if it's a one year deal, knowing the challenges we're going to face next year. So bringing in like a project manager might be tricky anyway. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I like I like Paul Lintz. I liked him as a player. Um, I I like enough of what I've seen um to to not feel like it's a terrible idea. But, you know, something like a three year deal. Now's not the time to be doing that. No, definitely not a three-year deal. Like a one-year rolling contract or something where it's sort of safety net for us. Um, yeah. Just, I, you know, he's done okay. It'll be all right for next year, like you said, with the struggles we've had, isn't it? And uh, you don't want to give anyone a three-year deal at the minute, to be honest. Let's get next season out of the way, then look ahead maybe. Yeah, see, see how much more rebuilding we can do in terms of our financial state and our yeah. squad and, and everything else. At the moment. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll double it down and I'll move into the in camp uh, on a one-year deal, uh, firmly, it means that we get Tom in uh, next year. Yeah, as well. double deal. Yeah, double, double, double trouble. Uh, excellent. So uh, that is a massive game on Monday. Uh, if you are on the fence about getting down there and, and backing the boys, making some noise, get on down there. Uh, we need everyone for these last few games. Huge, huge ends of the season. Um, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Matt, for your time today. Uh, appreciate yes. it and. Uh, Thank you to everyone listening. Have a great Easter weekend. Cheers.